This is John Grills from the Creepy Podcast. With Best Christmas Ever on AMC+, Plus, every day feels like Christmas morning. From new holiday favorites like Elf and National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation to modern iconic family classics like The Polar Express and The Year Without a Santa Claus, you can spend the holiday season opening only the good stuff. Plus, you get a stocking stuffed with highly acclaimed AMC series like The Walking Dead and Mad Men. New series like Gangs of London and The Walking Dead World Beyond. And you're also getting your favorite iconic Christmas movies without having to search. AMC Plus is available on all your devices. Sign up today at amcplus.com. AMC Plus, only the good stuff. Hello and welcome to Golazo, the Mexican football podcast from the Football Grad Network. I'm your host, Bryce Dunn, and joining me, as always, is Manu Vets. Manu, how have you been? Yeah, pretty good. It's been a pretty decent week so far. Um, can't complain. How about you, Bryce? How's, you, how's it going over in London? Yeah, not too bad. Well, obviously, last week I missed out on not just the Golazo podcast, but also the Gag Impressing podcast. Because I was ill, but this week I'm feeling much better, which is great. And it's, it's, uh, well, I'm glad to be back, if, if I'm honest. But yeah, it's getting closer and closer to Christmas. And I don't know, I quite like Christmas. Uh, are you much of a Christmas man, Manu? Yeah, I, I am. I, I love the Christmas period. I just don't like the fact that you have to deal with two more months of winter afterwards. I'm not a fan of that. But we'll get to talk about Liga MX, so I can pretend I'm in Mexico, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, certainly try. I mean, the football that returns in January will certainly help. But um, yeah, let's uh, let's obviously not leave him hanging. We, we've got um, Ollie here as well. Ollie, great to have you on as always, and great to catch up with you. Um, are, are you much of a Christmas man? I definitely am. Yeah, love Christmas. Yeah, I mean, I find like if, if if you can't love Christmas, what can you love? Exactly. I, I think that's a fair assessment. I think Christmas <laughs> is amazing. It's just too bad that you didn't have a, another two months of winter to deal with. Yeah, that is true. It it comes to you know after New Year's and you go right, I'm done with that. Mm. You know, just just like the chocolates, the mince pies, and yeah. all the alcohol. But what what you drink alcohol over Christmas? No one does that, Bryce. Yeah, Save the Christmas. <laughs> I'm not interested in that. Anyway. <laughs> Guys, let's talk football. So, while um, obviously Ollie and I are based um, over in England, um, and the football doesn't stop here, it uh, in fact ramps up, but um, football uh, in most places that has uh, a bit of sense will take a little bit of a breather. And that will mean that today, uh, in between the two campaigns, we will talk um, about uh, transfers in the form of uh, drafts mostly. And then uh, we'll move on to the CONCACAF. Champions League draw, which happened, um, well, rather, uh, it's rather fresh, isn't it? And there's plenty to talk about, say, in both areas. But um, I, I would say that I'm glad to have you fellas on here, not just um, to discuss the players in, in more depth that have moved, but also help me with uh, the pronunciation of the players and the, the clubs in the CONCACAF Champions League. So, uh, yes, this could be interesting on many levels, but let, let's talk about um, some of the movements. Uh, we were talking before the pod started 
uh, weren't we about them? But um, let's um, obviously cover them for the listeners as well. And uh, we'll, we'll go to you first, Ollie. Um, Joe Corona um, joins up uh, with Pereira once again um, after being uh, with him in Tijuana. He's uh, he's now joined uh, Club America on loan. How, do you say this as a, a positive signing? Um, clearly, Herrera is a, somewhat a, a fan of his that he's uh, went out of his way to uh, ensure that he uh, joins up with them once again. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think it is a good signing. I think it's also not just a good sign for Club America. I think it's a good sign for Corona because he was sort of he fell out of favour towards the end of his time at Tijuana. He, he started when when uh, the start of this, the uh, Apertura, he was making numerous appearances, starting games, and then just from I think from about like early October onwards, he played. He started one game in October, and then apart from that, he was just came off the bench three times. So I think he'll add, he'll add a bit towards uh, America's midfield. I mean. They seem to get a lot of injuries and suspensions, and maybe they've seen a bit more depth, especially if someone, if someone like Guido's going to get suspended like three more times in the Corsera. So, no, I think it's a it's a smart move. Link, link, I know he he so he was he was like sort of wanting a move to MLS that again just didn't transpire. Basically, like nobody 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 wanted to pick him up. So, yeah, I think I think this is a smart move all around, and can only be a good thing for Corona in America. Yeah, it's an interesting one, Bryce, because um, he was quite outspoken about playing in MLS, wasn't he? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I, I feel that maybe it was an issue of money because, you know, Major League Soccer has all, all sorts of um, mechanisms. We explain a bit and we call it soccer podcast, but there's all sorts of mechanisms. Um, he, I believe because Aldo Corona is American uh, or United States citizen, um he he's never played in major league soccer so i think there has to be um there is that discovery mechanism um you know yes right a, a certain mls team will hold actually the discovery rights on him right so um there is that little thing and so it actually kind of limits the amount of teams that he can talk to and i think i'm not quite sure how much he makes um, maybe you can shed some light on that um, Ollie, but I, I assume it will be quite a bit. So he would have to be signed as a designated player, and that already limits his options quite a bit. I think when it comes to Major League Soccer, and that said, Club America is a big move. It's a big move. Um, I, I think what adds to um, you just to interject here, but but adds to it all as well is um that originally he played for the uh, Mexican under 22s, didn't he? And and then went on to play for the uh, the U.S. national side. So that adds a little bit of drama quite early in his career as well. But um, yeah, he seems to um, have strong ties with uh, with both nations. Yeah, I think just to, just mentioning about about his wage there. Yeah, I think because obviously Tijuana do have a bit of cash as well, and obviously America do. So you feel like it would have to, it would it would, it would, he, he would be stepping up in terms of wages to go to America, and maybe if if MLS teams might have been interested, maybe they just didn't they just can't mix it with the bigger uh, American sides, uh, American side, sorry, uh, Mexican side as it is at the moment. That might change in the future, but it could be from like a pure monetary point of view that this is the reason Corona might, might have done it. Mm. Well, interesting factors too, and I guess this is going to be a big change for him in his life. He actually lives in the United States or used to live in the United States, and this is mm. because Tijuana is based right on the border, right? So yes. he actually lives across the border in the United States. So I guess... He'll finally have to move to Mexico to play football in Mexico. Um, yeah, be interesting to see because it's, it is quite a big jump from Tijuana 
to the capital. Although that said, Mexico City is one of the best places I've ever visited. So I, I'm pretty sure I'll enjoy every bit of it. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think like it's, it's a good place if you want to, I don't say like fully immerse himself in Mexican culture because he's played in Mexican football for his entire career. But I guess he probably lives in San Diego. So it's not like he's not with he's not with the Mexican people all the time. So maybe this could be a good thing that could, I don't say like kickstart his career again because he's, like, he's, he's still 27. So he's, he's only 27. So he's probably what? coming into his prime maybe so it might sort of like it could, it could force him a little bit to sort of in, integrate better in, if i mean not that he not that he hasn't integrated already but yeah it, 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 it could something like this it could it could work out well for him yeah it could be exciting times for um well for america but also um him as well i mean i mean if, if we look at this guys i mean we spoke didn't we, um, a few podcasts back, uh, that we were quite surprised that America got as far as they did with the amount of goals that they were scoring or the goals that they were not scoring. I mean, it, it was what, one goal in their final eight, you know, games, something, something like this. Anyway, I mean, you know, Corona, um, uh, being more a midfield player, he, he may not necessarily be the answer to that problem. Uh, I, I mean, Ollie, do you think that America, um, you know, in the coming months are, are going to try, or coming weeks, sorry, are going to try to address this problem and maybe bring in more attacking players? I mean, surely they have to. Because it, it's, it's, as you said, this is the ones who've been talking about America for the past however many weeks now. They just don't score goals, and it's, just, it's like, it seems like a blindingly obvious thing. Okay, maybe in the draft. They couldn't find someone they wanted to pick up, which is fair because maybe a lot of players just move on loans. Maybe they they've got an eye on a potential possible foreign player. I mean, it could be. I haven't seen any rumours yet, but it, it's such a problem area for them that like, it, I mean, it, it could be, it could be this that simple. They get in a, a guy from Argentina, uh, Chile, wh- wherever in South America could or could possibly from Europe even, and it could just like fix all their problems. It it does seem. Like, it doesn't seem like an easy thing to say. It's like, oh, yeah, someone who scores goals will make you better. But it's like, this is the one thing that this team is missing. And if they had some guy who could score 10, 12 goals in the Plazera, I mean, they're going to be right up there and probably can, can really mix it amongst the uh, Tigre and Monterey. It's an interesting one because it's getting more difficult to, to sign those those strikers. I mean, most of most of uh, Latin America, the league, the leagues are winding down, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you look at, for example, and this was a big topic on on the the MLS podcast that we have is the all the Latin Americans going to Major League Soccer. We're talking about all Latin Americas, uh, Latin American players in their prime. And um, you know, Vancouver just picked up a 23 year old, the 23 year old top scorer of the Venezuelan league, Anthony Blondell, right? So this is the kind of strikers that used to go to to Mexico. And um, I'm I'm kind of curious to see with Major League Soccer making a big switch. It's going to be difficult for the likes of America to necessarily be the number ones um, in come in signing South Americans in that regard. So curious who they can bring in, but we also have to point out maybe that this is the draft, right, Bryce? And the draft means this is this is just for players that are already under contract with Liga MX sites, so they can treat trade it back and forth. Um, it's like gentleman agreements. It's um, players have very little say of where they're going end up. Um, it's all done on the floor. Um, I don't know where, where was the draft this time, Ollie? It's usually in some coastal town where all the executives can basically get together and drink. Um, yeah, I, drink I, and I, eat. I, I, 
yeah, I believe it was, it was, it was in Cancun of all places. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, Mexico's Las Vegas. Um, <laughs> fitting, but yeah, so these, so we'll, we'll, we'll see a lot more movement, I think, with players that are not on the contract with, uh, in Liga MX. Um, I guess when the window opens January 1st. Yeah. I mean, Manu, is, is there anyone that, um, well, I'll put this question to Ollie as well. Is there any players out there that you think when it does come to maybe the transfer window opening up that uh, America could sign, uh, maybe change their fortunes? Is, is there anyone that you feel will maybe be looking to get a bit of game time and is not at their side at the moment, you know, ahead of the World Cup or, or maybe just are the favorite strikers that, you know, from other leagues that they can pick up? Well, Oli, you mentioned Angelo Henriquez off pot. Uh, mm-hmm. Chilean and Chileans love going to Liga MX, playing for Dinamo Soccer. Um, when you mentioned him, I, I looked him up because I remember we actually did an article on him on footballgraph.com, um, because he does play for Dinamo, Dinamo Soccer. And, um, I was shocked that he's still only 23. That I, I think any Liga MX side should be all over that. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, the, the team who are linked with him are, are Atlas of all teams who do, they, again, they, they do have a bit of monthly weight behind them, but, like a guy coming into his, like he's still so young, scoring goals at Dinamo Zagreb, and if you if if you answering with him, I, if I'm, well, if I'm like Club America fan, I'm thinking, why aren't we going for this guy? He could like really like tear up this league. It'd be such a, just an impressive like signing that this guy could be that he could we could sort of not build a team around him, but like we know we now have someone who we know can score goals. I mean, there's, I'm, there's other, I mean, I think Atlas, not talking about Atlas, but they're also linked with um, Rafael Sobis. I mean, who was at uh, he was at Tigre before he moved to uh, Cruzeiro, I think. So again, someone he he knows the league relatively well, and okay, he might not, he might not have that. He might not. I don't say trying to compare him to Henriquez. Maybe he might not be as good, but it'd just be just something different and something that just could, something different compared to Peralta and Romero, which has just been going like so stale now. Peralta's thirty three, Romero was is probably going to be moved on as well. I think he was put on. America's like transferable list, so he 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 might he might probably be off off as well. So yeah, it's it's definitely food for thought that that the, 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 there are players out there, especially South American players in Europe, who the Mexican league will be seen to step up for them compared to say the Croatian league. Yeah, well that, that's it. I I, I think yeah, by the sounds of it, you you've addressed um, someone that would possibly be able to come in and resolve their issue. Um, I, I was going to say to uh. Well, Manu and I were speaking previously. What about Freddie Montero? I mean, would would he possibly leave uh, Vancouver? Well, he's I mean, out of contract. Well, he is not out of contract. He's contracted in China. Um, <laughs> he's a good shout, Bryce, because he he you know I could see a club, uh, Liga Max side being able to pay the money that uh, Tianjin Teda uh, won for him. I think six to seven million euros, which is. Uh, a lot of money for Vancouver Whitecaps because of salary cap restriction and you know the the the, the amount of money that franchise have. And um, yeah, it's it, I think he would be he would be a good signing for any Liga MX side. Um, you know, in the past you look at Camilo Sanvedo and he's done really well in both both leagues coming from Vancouver going to Liga MX and I guess with Freddie Montero will have a tough time. Um, Heading he, heading back to Vancouver, even though he would like to, Vancouver would like to bring him back. It, it'd be a tough time. So I could see. I heard rumors about Sporting trying to get him as well. 
So I, I guess that would be another name, a proven striker who can play in North America and has, you know, shown that he can play against the likes of Tigres in the CONCACAF Champions League as well. So um, that's a good shout. You know, talking about um, exciting attackers, um, I think we need to uh, talk about Clifford then. Uh, all you were saying about what a, a great young talent uh, this African uh, player is, and well, we were also discussing before the uh, the podcast, um, just that we couldn't believe how tiny he is. He looks tiny, but I could believe he's five foot four too. But um, a hell of a, um, a, a signing for Atlas to uh, to, uh, to bring in, isn't it? It's a real um, real strong potential for the future for them. Definitely, yeah. I mean, to get him in from Granada, I mean, he's been on loan since uh, January, and it took a while to settle in, which is completely understandable. So a guy, a Ghanaian playing in Mexico for the, like, the first time, it's, like, it's going to take a while for him to get used to the culture and everything. But once he eventually got down, he was like, this guy's got something about him. Came in as like a 21-year-old and thought, blimey, he looks like he's just been playing it for playing his Atlas team for ages. He just thought, it, it, it all clicked with him. And then, he came into the start of the Apertura. He started off superb. Well. I was like, great, this is going to be the season where he's going to really show what he can do. And then he did his uh, meniscus and was out for like four months. So it was a little bit gutting because it was like, he's just sort of getting there to where he wants to be now. But here he's going to come back so much stronger. And for Atlas to now, like, eventually to, to like tie him down to get to, and he's like, he's, he's theirs now. They can sort of, I would say they can build a team around him. They've got him. They've got Ravel, who's still only 24. I mean, the two of them together with Rafa Marquez, who's like almost double their age, <laughs> could be a, like him, Rafa holding, and those two like pushing forward. It's a quite an exciting looking team. Okay, they maybe don't have the strikers they have in the moment, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I've, I think I've talked about it before. I'm just a big fan of Clifford and could could be a, a real quality player in the league if when if he if he manages to stay fit it's an interesting story there too ollie with the african african um aspect of it right you you would mm-hmm. never think of um a league like league mx be a destination for Ghanaians, but it's becoming south america is becoming more and more like that in mexico as well um we spoke a little bit off pod about one of the Asensio team signing Two African players, uh, two Ghanaians, I believe, as well, right? From yeah, yeah. Uh, Novi Sad Vojvodina, of all places. But uh, it's because it's a it's a good league and it's a good developing league, and um, you see it more and more that you see players from from Africa making that move. And I mean, why not? As it's it's a good league. It's a league where you get plenty of playing time. You get that European competitiveness. Right, and um, I think yeah. it's it's a league that's getting more and more scouted as well. So you can you can make your move either to Europe or what's becoming really hot right now is Major League Soccer as well, right? Because it's it's a it's a consistent paycheck. So it's an interesting aspect. Yeah, I completely agree. You could you can come here come in here from Europe. It doesn't matter what nationality you are, as like a twenty year old, really sort of tear up for two or three seasons and head back to Europe. Okay, that might not be a sustainable sort of way for Mexico to for the Mexican league to go and Mexican teams to do things but if, if it works and, and they get money they get this guy in on loan or like for cheap and then sell him on it just it, it that it could work out that way and there's so many just good young even just young Mexicans in the league mm-hmm. there's who have, who obviously are obviously like Chucky for example is the most obvious recent example but across many teams there are good young Mexican players there and obviously Clifford isn't one of them but 
Fee has a good Coursera, and I, I can imagine I can see him staying for if he does move on. He'll probably stay for at least another year, two years, maybe here. I mean, he could have a really good career ahead of him because it's just, it's a it's a great league to sort of like get your feet. Like you said, so competitive. It's, it's what probably did maybe is it the best league outside of Europe if you compare it to maybe like yeah. Brazil, maybe so maybe the, I mean, them or Serie A and Brazil. Yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. between those two. Yeah, but no, yeah, it's good to see these young players sort of. It's, it, it is taking a risk. It's, it's going way out of their comfort, uh, going way out of their comfort zone to try some, something new. And nine times out of ten, or so covering it, it has worked for them. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a great move for them. I think there's a lot of potential um, in him. Um, and yeah, it's, I suppose the uh, the headlines should be a little bit quiet, quieter on the Rafa Marquez front, shouldn't they? Mm-hmm. Uh, in the meantime, so they can just get their head down and just play a bit of football and Ravel Morrison um, just to go back to him I mean I think he got better and better as the uh, previous campaign went on and you know I, I think this could be a rather positive um, close era for uh, for Atlas if, uh, if I'm being honest yeah I but, totally uh, agree yeah I mean let, let's wait and see right I mean I'm just itching for them to uh, finally get that first championship win uh, <laughs> since the 50s you know but um, I don't know don't hold on to your you don't hold your breath, I think. But um let's talk about Cruz Azul then. Um Carlos Fuero has mm-hmm. moved over there and uh, Manny, you described him as um the most inconsistent player in the world. Oh, oh no, Ollie said that. I, I just agreed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was gonna say backtracking now, but okay. Both of you guys think this. Yeah. Um is is he is this a good move or a bad move for Cruz Azul? I mean you know, can they possibly, you know, with the new coaches in in, in charge there, uh, can they possibly you know, get a consistent Fuero? Um, I, you know, it's it. He was one of those hot signings in football manager. I like to say 2012, 2013, maybe. You know, one of those super talents that everyone wanted to sign, and um, wonder kids. Yeah, yeah, he was one of the wonder kids, and I think. To be fair, that skill level is still there. Um, he won the U17 World Cup, I believe, with Mexico as well, didn't he? Yeah, he won the Adidas Bronze Ball. Was that the same tournament? No, never mind. Yeah, it's just, it's, um, he's such an interesting one because he's just never shown his full potential, I guess. It's really what what we mean when we say inconsistent, right? It's because yeah. we we know he can do be, he can do better, and he's he's played achievers um, for quite a long time. He went out on loan to Carretaro for some time, and I guess a permanent move away from Chivas is probably a good thing. You know, he just needs to play. He needs to play a lot of football, and maybe doing it away from from Chivas might might work out well for him. And Oli, that, that's not the only player that Cruzzola have brought in. Uh, they've addressed the, the right-back issue that they've had, uh, bringing in Jose Maduina, is that right? Maduina? Yeah. Maybe I've pronounced that wrong, but forgive me. Uh, but uh, yeah, the, this is a positive move as well, just to tighten up the back for them. Yeah, no, this really is, yeah, because they had uh, Omar Mendoza, who's playing right back for them, and he was just, there was just times where just like, you might as well have no one there, because he's just doing absolutely nothing. I mean, Maduina was probably... Maybe one, 
if, if say, similar with like Barry, are one of the best defenders at Atlas. So it's a bit odd that they actually able to they, they let him go. But I guess it's a it's crew to have a step up from Atlas. I, I would say, and yeah, just a really good strong right back sort of play right midfield as well in, in, like, in like a wing back position. Because uh, under Hemmers they're playing like three and five at the back a lot. So okay, they might not do that under Kashina, but who really knows? No, but I, yeah, this is a really positive signing and. Their defence now just all of a sudden just looks a lot more solid with him in it. I think they've made, yeah. But then go back to Fiero. I mean, I mean, I just want to have my two cents on it. Just a really bizarre signing. I just don't. They've already got like enough options going forward. They've got off the top of my head attacking players like clean wingers. They've got Felipe Mora, Edgar Mendes, Angel Mena, Martin Rodriguez, and Martin Calderucho. I mean, that's five of them right there. And like they don't really either start like three, maybe four of them. And Fiero is behind all of them. So. Okay, I can understand going for depth, but Fierro is not that player to go for. And they've got Zuniga, who's 21, who's a young, younger than Fierro, who looked relatively talented. So I think it'd be a little bit unfair on him because he might see less options in the Corsera. And I mean, we know what Fierro brings. He'll be dreadful for about 15 of the games and he'll score four goals in two games because that's just what he does. So, I mean, if he proves me wrong, then hmm. I will have. Uh, unbelievable amount of egg on my face but i'm almost confident he won't <laughs> no don't worry ollie we, we have all screwed up on yeah. podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah this one is especially hard to to predict as well isn't it but, um, yeah we'll we'll hold you to that ollie um guys let's look at uh chivas uh they've brought in three people uh uh in the draft we've got sandoval probably gonna pronounce all these wrong gil sandoval another winger uh, then you've got Rodolfo Cota, who's uh, renewed his loan. And then we've got Cisneros. Uh, I, I, once again, pardon my uh, pronunciations, but do we see any of these players changing their form um, after the last campaign? Because it was it was absolutely disastrous. Yeah, I, I think Cota is the most important one for me, and he he was still there. Like he, he was there in the. Uh, Apertura, but I mean, without him, it, things could have been so much worse. Just a, a real quality goalkeeper. Obviously, they're hindered because they can only go for Mexican players. That's not hindered. That's it's the way uh, Guadalajara do things. So they can only go for Mexican players. If they were to lose him, there isn't that many really good Mexican keepers uh, in the league. I mean, you've got Corona at Cruz, but apart from that, I'm struggling to think off the top of my head. I mean, I could probably have a look. They might be proven wrong, but yeah, I think that one is very important. Uh, Sandoval, yes, no. It's a winger. They've got enough wingers anyway. They need they need centre backs. I mean, uh, I believe it's uh, Osvaldo Alanis who is now training with the uh, second team because basically they they had contract issues and he's basically like one of their main centre backs. So he might be he's going to be off probably soon. So they're going to have to address that. Need to address their midfield as well, like in the centre midfield. And then with Cisneros, he just he's a youngster from. Uh, Santos Laguna, I believe, mm, yeah, didn't re- yeah did, didn't really play much for them. So again, one for the future. There's not much, I, there's not much more to say about him. I've seen him play a few times. Looked good in one game, but apart from that, not a lot, not a lot going for him so far. There's not much they can do though, right? Because they can only sign Mexicans. So yeah, kind of ch- shackled with that a little bit. Yeah, um, I guess they're just. Uh, addressed some of the smaller issues but yeah i guess these are all projects in one way or another 
yeah, I mean, it, it's a, it is a, it's just, let's look at their squad now. If you take out the like defense, like like Salcedo, for example, mm. it's a very young squad, especially going forward. I mean, you've got like the the midfield, like the normal midfield three could it'd probably be an age of it's like an average age of about twenty two and a bit. Going forward, it's probably. 24, 23, and 12. So it's again, it's a it's a working project for Almeida, mm. but it, you can only do that so far until, especially in Mexico. Mm. If he has a four plus error, he he will be gone, which will be sad because I really like him. Yeah. It wouldn't be the holiday season if there wasn't candy, right? Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. Well, there's numerous... um... Other interesting uh, signings here. Um, and then I want to go to you uh, very quickly um, about uh, Pumas. Uh, they've brought in a, a few new signings, but um, Mateus Alustia. I mean, th- this is a guy that you said that you know should share the uh, goal-scoring load that uh, Nico Castilla has there. Uh, is this a good signing? Is this uh, going to be the right man for the job? Do you think? Um, well, he's, he's a bit too old for my taste, Bryce, but, um, we spoke a little bit about that last week off pot, right, Ollie? Yeah. And you were certainly thought that, you know, he will definitely help, but, um, Pumas, um, are worrisome right now because there is not very much there other than Castillo and they will have to do a lot more, I feel, than other than bringing, um, Matthias Alustiza and, um, so yeah, I guess anything that they're doing right now can only improve the side, but at the same time, I feel that um, it it might, on its own it might not be enough. It will it will take some of the pressure off of Castillo, but on its own it won't be enough. And I suppose that brings us to an, another rather big topic at, at the moment as well uh, in Querétaro as well, Ollie. What exactly has happened there? I mean, they've made some ridiculously good signings. I mean, De Queto, I mean, I think a lot of these sides, they are, they have got a lot of money behind them. But mm. even so, to get Edson Puch from Pachuca is just ridiculous. He, he, like, for me, he comes in like straight away as important as Volpe. Like, he could absolutely be the star man at 31. Because he was so good for Nicaxa in like the, when they when in their first season when they came back up. He was just—he just looked unbelievable. Coming, he think came from the Chilean league, I believe, and he just looked just class. And obviously, Pachuca took, took uh, bought him. I think it's for about five million, I believe. So quite a hefty amount of money—five point, almost five point three million. So it's a good amount of money for the captain to get and Pachuca to spend. He was hampered by injuries in the Apertura, but then when he, he was playing, just looked just looked absolutely class. And I guess Pachuca—I mean, it's, 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 I don't understand why they're letting go. Because he's still one of their better, they're one of their best players. I guess injuries could be a reason for that, but yeah, I mean, Crotaro's mm. team was it, it, it's weak, but now with him up front and they, with Samudio as well from Club America coming in at left back, it just straight away it just looks like this is a side that 
potentially could do something and I can I can see them making maybe one or two more moves when the uh, the transfer window opens in January. Kerr Taro is such a weird one. Remember they brought in Ronaldinho a few years ago? Yes. Yeah. And um, there's a lot of money. Um, we don't really know where all the money comes from. Um, it's a story for an investigative journalist, I guess, one day. I think there is some material out there, so if you want to do some digging. But um, that said, there is a lot of money. Um, there's enough money there that when Caratau was last relegated, they basically bought the team that went up and stayed in the league that way. And um, it's it's an it's an interesting interesting one. But um, I guess. I guess um, they they want to want to push a little bit this year because they have been a bit of a disappointment. So um, bringing in Pooh, who was seen at the um, Confederations Cup, of course, playing for Chile. I think he's a really good player, and I almost wonder if Pachuca just brought him in for the Club World Cup. Um, Latin American teams like the Bruda, they like to you know um, strengthen their squads for the Club World Cup because it has a way bigger standing um, in on the Americas than it has in Europe. So I almost wonder if they did that and now that the, the tournament is more or less over, they, you know, is over. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But um, they unloaded him, right? Um, the draft is yeah. the perfect, perfect time to do that. So you almost wonder if there was some kind of back deals going on to, to make that happen. It's a loan deal with an option to purchase too. So... It seems like almost like a, a money dump. Um, Pachuca are a rich side, of course, as well, but it, it it feels like it a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, it does seem like sort of like we've got all up. We've, we've basically we've, we've, we're done with him for the moment. If yeah. he does work with Croatoro, we'll have him back. If not, you can have him. So Pachuca are probably just happy to just let him go. Yeah. Yeah, but unexpected, even at that, isn't it? But, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll have to see how that one uh, pans out. Um, guys, what about. Um, this Toluca deal to bring in uh, Luis uh, Cuenos. I mean, a, a guy that played for uh, Lobos at uh, the start of uh, the Apatero, just after they were promoted. And yeah, he, he was such a big player for them. Like uh, The goals that he was scoring was was the real difference, wasn't it? It was quite a surprise to see them do as well. And he was really at the forefront of that. Uh, and signing for Toluca, I mean, obviously he... He was sacked uh, for uh, different antics. Um, if he can sort himself out, I mean, it, that could be a great signing for Toluca. I completely agree because when he came in from came in for Lobos, like for like the, I think he played like five games. But it was like, I mean, this is a guy who, who doesn't start for Tigre, but I was like watching, thinking this guy could just start for any other team. He's he's ridiculous. He's playing, he's playing like off the striker. He's playing out wide. He's playing up front in like five games, and each position he looked unbelievably just comfortable, just tearing teams apart. And then he, I mean, he was in like I think it was like a nightclub, and then exactly what happened. But then it's like, okay, we, we can't deal with this anymore. You're gone. And obviously, he hasn't been playing for a while now. But yeah, this is a good sign for Toluca. I mean, they've now got him, and they've now got Sambuesa as well. I mean, they're both two unbelievably talented players, and they can get those two clicking together. I don't say similar to Quirotari because Toluca did that. Toluca did have a um, good good aperture. They finished fifth in the end. So, but again, this could be a sign that really pushed them on a bit. Yeah, most certainly. I think it's a great signing for them. And yeah, if they could just get him to be him himself, mm-hmm. then yeah, it could be fantastic. Um, uh, 
Manu, is, is there any of the other transfers? Go uh, on and on and on here mm. uh, that you would like to um, bring up and maybe discuss. Yeah, maybe uh, Jimenez uh, for Pachuca. That's the only one that stood out for me. I think we chatted a bit off part. I mean, he was a legend at, at Cruz Azul, right? Um, I'm not sure what they want Pachuca want with him. Um, maybe, Oli, if you could chat a moment of whatever you know about this. But um, at 36, he's a strange signing in, in my box. Yeah, I, I don't understand it as well. Because he was being lined up to sort of... Um, He's going to have another half season at Cruz, then he was going to sort of maybe like go into like management and maybe manage some of like the uh, junior sides at Cruz. So it's, it seems an odd move for him to go because he, he, he wasn't playing <laughs> at Cruz as well. He was always just coming off the bench for like half an hour, 40 minutes here and there. Did all right off the bench, but it, not enough for me to be like, oh, he, he now deserves like a move away or like, he, he, I. I yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's, I saw it, it just baffled me. I was just like, what? I, I don't understand why I think this is a good idea. Because surely he's not going to start ahead of the talent that Pachuca have, even with Puchnel gone. Hmm. There's still streets ahead of him, like Honda to Jimenez. It's like such a drop-off right there. So, yeah, I, I mean, he's probably, I don't know if they're paying him more money, but he might be, be, be content just sitting on the bench again. It's a homecoming. Maybe that's it. You know, he Possibly, has, he has yeah. played for Pachuca in the past, although mm-hmm. far longer for Cruz Azul. But maybe it yeah. is, you know, Pachuca have that amazing um, training facility and yeah. the, um, the club facility. So maybe it's maybe they're signing him to go become part of the coaching staff. That's the only explanation I really have. Yeah, I mean that 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 could make some sense. Yeah, it's sort of like just come here, we'll put you on but like they a. Possibly need a bit of experience. I mean. I'm conscious straws to understand it myself. Mm. You know, they've, they've had a pretty poor few campaigns now. And, you know, the average um, squad age is, is 25, which is not the oldest, but at the same time, it's not, not exactly an, an experienced age. It's not like we're talking like 22, 23. Uh, would there possibly be that side to it? Maybe. That, that would make sense. But I guess this is something that we'll have to keep an eye on, Bryce, because I, I, I thought was the only, uh, that's the only way it makes sense to me, really. Yeah, I think maybe the coaching thing, that, that's something I, I hadn't thought about. And yeah, you guys could, uh, could have hit the nail on the head there. It's a bit of a, bit of a bizarre one, all right. But uh, are we done with the transfers? Does anyone else want to touch on anything before we move on? No, let's talk about Conquer of Champions League. Enough about the transfers. <laughs> I think Manu's excited about yeah. this one. Mm-hmm. I love this competition for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> <laughs> well, they will tell us some of the reasons why you enjoy it so much. Uh, I just think it's um, the Conquer of Champions League is a bit like some of the obscure. Or what, it's kind of like what the Cup Winners Cup in Europe was, or the old European Cup, especially now that they've gone to the the straight knockout format right they, they started the the round of 16 there was a pre-tournament with the with, with the caribbean nations um to determine some some qualifiers so basically now all that's that's left is um the the top 16 teams in in the Concacaf going at each other in in the round of 16 um starting with the round of 16 of course and then um you know going to the quarterfinals, semifinals, and then the final. And um, I'm kind of excited because there's 
going to be some weird teams playing. I mean, we'll do something similar, of course, on the, the MLS part as well, but we're focusing on the Liga Max teams. And there's some interesting draws here, Bryce. Uh, we, I think we should start probably with the first one, with Chivas draw, shouldn't we? Yeah, to be honest, I, I think that probably makes sense. Um, well, but um, yeah, let's start there. So Chivas, um, they've managed to draw the Dominican Republic champions in Cibao. I'm going to be honest, I don't know a great deal about Cibao. Um, the, the floor is open. Who wants to take this one? We have no Dominican oh, football okay. specialists. I mean, no one only. I, I can't even. I, I can't even. I'm just having a look at some of their players now. It's just I can't. There's nothing I can like grasp onto to like. Who, Only who out, out of interest, the um, the company that you uh, work for. Is there anyone that uh, covers Dominican uh, football league? We do not know. I mean, I, we. I know we cover like a ridiculous amount of leagues, but we we don't even cover. The, we we do not cover the Dominican one. No, maybe something that we should. I should bring up when on the next meeting. Like saying. Why are we not covering Dominica and Honduras and Costa Rica? It's a disgrace. <laughs> Costa, Rica, Costa Rica, you guys should cover. Um, yeah. The other ones, there might be health and safety reasons. Um, we'll get to that where we'll talk about the respective teams. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about this tie. I can only talk about it from like a Chivas point of view. I, I don't I mean, maybe the, maybe the travel... Could be and it could could impact on them. It could it could impact on Cibao as well. I mean, I don't know how many games they've played outside Costa Rica. I don't know if it's the Dominican Republic. Uh, Costa Rica, Dominican Republic. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. I think but, this is the, okay. Let's just cut this one short, guys. Chivas will go through. Yeah, they will. Yeah. Yeah. I I think even Chivas with the problems that they've had. Yeah. Uh, they, they should be going through on, on this occasion and a double digit scoreline too uh, over two legs. Uh, probably, I, I'll, I'll yes. say that right now. I, I, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think you're gonna be wrong. I think anything else would, um, uh, <laughs> well, it could possibly uh, cost. Um, well, it could possibly be costly for uh, some people's jobs. I, I think. Yeah. Um, but the, I mean, I mean, I take it all that you're gonna agree with. Uh, with Manu and I and say that this is going to be a high-scoring win over the two legs. Oh yeah, they should they should just batter them. Just I mean, if, if it's not if it, if it's not more than like say like seven nil, I'd be a bit like hmm. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That it's the easiest it. draw of all of them. Yes, it is. When we go we go to three auto draws now, Bryce, and we'll, we'll actually be able to say that's that's some decent competition here. But this will be a straight shot through. Let's. I mean, I I, I will purposely. Look into uh, what Cibao have to offer for the for when that podcast comes up. I think, but um, for now we're we're still not um, fully aware of uh, what their strengths and weaknesses are. But that game will take place on the nineteenth uh, of February, and then the second leg, which will be um, in Guadalajara, uh, the twenty sixth of February. So we've got a little while yet, haven't we? Um, let's go to the next draw we've got on our list, um, where we see, uh, Tijuana, uh, will take on the Honduras, um, one of the Honduras sides in the competition. I'm bound to pronounce this wrong as well, but Matagu? Matagu? Yeah, that's pretty good, Bryce. I think this is actually one of the <laughs> tough ones 
Uh, Olympia <lacht> und, und Motaku, those are the two teams from Honduras. Um, I know Honduras because of Canada uh, and their national team. We had Honduras in the pre-HEX qualification group. And Honduran teams are tough to play and it's a really tough place to go to. Uh, Tegucigalpa, the, the capital uh, of Honduras and the stadium there, the, the Olympia and uh, Montagua share the stadium there. So um, it's it's a very difficult place to go. You know, we're, we're talking... I think this is one of the things that excites me about the CONCACAF Champions League is the it's the real cultural differences that you have and the north-south divide, huge north-south divide. And um, some of it is, you know, we're talking about Honduras. I think they're one of the most dangerous countries on the planet to go visit right now. But um, as sad as that is, it also means that, you know, there is a huge X factor going for a team, even for Mexican teams to go down there. And I think that's... That's going to be something exciting to watch. And I think this is not going to be an easy one for Tijuana. I think Tijuana will get it, get it go through, but I don't think this is going to be an easy one. Yeah, definitely. And they've won 15 domestic league titles, and I've just seen that they're also known as the Blue Cyclone. Nine. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, Tijuana may have a, a trickier uh, opponent than Alexa Sibau, but... Um, Tijuana should still be winning this game, shouldn't they? Or winning winning this tie. Yeah. 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 I think all the Mexican sides will be favorites. Uh, but I don't think this is like a surefire win for them. Well, I think that means that we're going to move on to the next one where we see uh, uh, champions uh, Tigres. Uh, they are going to be playing uh, one of the Costa Rica sides. Mm. And it's... Um, and we, we mentioned before that Costa Rica and their league is going to be one of the uh, the tougher leagues um, to come up against. Uh, obviously, MLS and Liga MX, we know are going to dominate it. But um, the Costa Rican sides um, have shown over the last few years that, you know, that they're tough to come up against. And um, Herodano, um, I, I think... I think this could be a this could be a, a tough one for uh, for Tigres, um, but ultimately Tigres should uh, should get through it, shouldn't they, Oli? Yeah, I think I think that as well. Yeah, I just I was I, I recognise the name Herediano, uh, how you how you pronounce the team name. I was thinking I swear they played Tigres before, and I just checking it now. And in the uh, 2016-17 version, in the uh, group stage, they obviously played them home and away in there, and Tigre beat them three one and three nil. And I remember that as well because I was just. They went. They rotated like really heavily. Tigre basically like none of the star names played, even in the home leg. I mean, okay, going to uh, Costa Rica, you probably will be you'll maybe like rest a few players, but yeah, none of the likes of the, it was like Geniac and whoever else it was back in the year and a half ago just didn't play. I think like like that was when Andy Delort was there and he got one of the goals in there in the three 0 home win. So I mean, they're, they're, I mean that's like, that was only twenty sixteen. So I mean, Tigre had got stronger by then and. Herodiana, they, they, they'll put up a tough test. They sort of did in the, uh, uh, when it was at uh, their place, it took Tigre quite a while to break them down. I think they only got, I think like an 80th minute goal, then like a really late one when they were going for the equaliser. They, they uh, were able to sort of kill it off. So it, it will will be tough for Tigre, but like, I think, like we said before, and when we get onto the next tie as well, yeah, I, I, I will just back the Mexican sides to win these relatively comfortably. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, there's, I say with the, there's also the Herodano. Um, the, they've existed here. They've existed for 96 
years, but still the most popular nickname for the side is L Team. <laughs> they, they, they should have tried a little bit harder on that one, really. But uh, yeah, back to uh, the uh, the footballing side of things, and yeah, I would imagine all the Mexican sides uh, will come through this. But that that brings us to the next draw, which uh, will go to you, uh, Manu. Uh, you've got Saprisa, mm. you know, of Costa Rica, who who have been a, a rather tough side for um, teams to come up against. Uh, you know, when they played internationally. It, in recent years, haven't they? So it's not going to be the easiest team for America to play. I think um, America got the toughest of of all the um, of the, of all the teams that they could have drawn. <laughs> uh, Sabrisa are the Costa Rican side. They are the most important team in Costa Rica. Um, the stadium is in the capital, San Jose. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it's the, the, the team that everyone supports in Costa Rica. And they're actually one of the teams from Costa Rica that have won a continental competition in the, the predecessor, the CONCACAF Champions Cup. And they won it in 2005, beating Pumas in the final. Now, this is some time ago, of course, but, you know, it shows that, um, Costa Rican teams can be highly competitive. And, um, I, th- think this is the one I, I think of all the teams that uh club america probably got maybe the one side that could cause an upset i think the other three um they will go straight through but um club america maybe got the side that could ups- could cause an upset and maybe kick one of the mexican sides out um yet i think at the same time club america is still favorites but i don't think it's going to be easy it's it's definitely not going to be easy at all against saprisa yeah i think that away leg is going to be a, a tricky one uh, they've, they've been known for having a very strong support um in fact um the fans uh were even known uh, to um, have a bit of a thunderous um sound from the uh, from the home stands and which then gave them the name the Purple Monster, apparently. So, um, yeah, a tricky one for uh, for America there. But uh, I think, as Oli said, and I think Manu also agreeing, that uh, we'd imagine that the Mexican size will come through this um, on stairs. But uh, actually, um, Bryce, your side Liverpool has played Saprisa before. Yes, very true. Back in um, two thousand five at the Club World Cup. That's where it rings a bell with me, but um, yeah, I'm trying. I I can't off the top of my head even remember how that went. You guys won three now, and then went to the final and lost to Sao Paulo. But yeah, yeah, I mean, we lost is, the final, but there is a connection to to Liverpool. So you know, it is a side that has played in the Club World Cup as well. Um, yeah, I think this is this is going to be a good one. Yeah, most certainly. I think this is going to be one of the more interesting uh, draws for the Mexican sides and for us to, to tune into. Um, I mean, guys, if, if you look at this competition, who are we looking at winning it? I mean, it'll probably, unless there's a bit of a surprise, it's, it's going to boil down to the MLS or the Liga MX sides, you would imagine, right, if you were a betting man. Uh, but Ollie, who who do you fancy to win it? Um, you can say one of the MLS sides if that's what you fancy. If that's what you think. But um, who, who would you put your money on? 
I mean, I could say one of the MLS sides, but I, I will not. I think my money will. I mean, yeah, for, for, for so many reasons that I feel like this is their time to win it now. They've had so many chances. It, 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 Tigre have to win this, and I think they will win this. I feel like they've, they've already won the Apertura, so okay, win the Corsera would be great. But I would, if I had Ferretti now, I, 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 I prioritize this above league. If we've got like games, I'd like if there's like we've got when you've got midweek games, you've got League of Mets game at the weekend, I'd rest players because I think this is what they should go for. And I think I'm, I, I like to think that they will go for it because they've, they've been they were so close last year against Pachuca, lost 2 1 on, on over both legs, I didn't look that great in the final, which is disappointing. But I just feel like this is their time, they've got a hell of a good squad now that they can be able to rotate. I'd still do well in the league, still make the gear. They, but that 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 can wait. This is what they should prioritise, and I I do think they will win it because it's it's everything's set for them to now do that and then move on to the Club World Cup where they can sort of show off what they what 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 they are about just a bit more to a bit to to a wider audience. I think there is a big challenger from Major League Soccer this year. Um, there wasn't in the past. No major league soccer side has won the modern incarnation of the CONCACAF Champions League. But I think there is actually, and I think it might be the biggest challenger to Tigers. I personally think Tigers will win it too. But I think actually the biggest challenger to Tigers will come from major league soccer and that will be Toronto FC, the, the champion. And I say that the, the reason I say that is because Canadian sides take this tournament a lot more uh, serious than sides from the US, even though they come from the same league, right? And Canadian sides actually have done quite well in this tournament. Um, Montreal have, has reached the final. Toronto FC has reached the semi-final. Vancouver Whitecaps reached the semi-final last last season, of course. And uh, Canadian sides have a strong tradition. It's because they take this competition very serious. And Toronto FC has the money to match Tigres. Um, there's a lot of money in Toronto. So I can I think this year it will be Tigres this year. But the one side will, that will challenge them to win it will not come from Liga MX it will actually come from Canada. And I don't say that as a Canadian Patriot, I actually say that because I think <laughs> Toronto FC have the other strongest side on that continent. When you have the likes of Jovinko, Altidore, Bradley, uh, Vasquez, and I- I'm pretty sure they're going to add to the squad over, over the winter. I-, I think they're going to go for it as well. And that's going to be, if we get that for the final, yeah, buckle down, guys. We're going to be in for a good one. <laughs> Uh-huh, I hope so, but um, uh, Oli, obviously looking past Tigres, I mean, both of you guys mentioned that you reckon that they'll probably go on to win the competition, you know, even if they are challenged by you know, the MLS um, side in Toronto. How do you feel the other three sides are going to get on? What, which, how far should they be expecting to go and how far do you predict they may go? I mean... Club America should be looking semi-finals minimum, maybe even the final. I feel like that they're, they're, they're probably the, the 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 side below Tigre, who in the, in the Liga Mets will be able to do some damage. I mean, Chivas and Tijuana. Mm. Uh, again, it all depends on the draw. I think if they if they can lack out the draw a little bit, maybe they can get through to the semis as well. But I mean, Chivas are in no position to be challenging for this at all. I, I, I feel like they, they, they could easily get knocked out by an MLS side if they, they draw like Seattle or um, uh, New York. They could easily get knocked out by them. Tijuana, again, a bit, bit of a transition with another new manager now. So 
again, I, I, I don't expect big things from either of those two sides. If they do, then that's fair. But it, it's just hard when you, you look at the at the other side, and it like Manu said with Toronto as well. You just feel like they're just not. There's just no nowhere near them at the moment. If they have to come up against them in one of the knockout rounds in like the quarters of semis, I would back. I'd back if it was Toronto. I'd back them against. It probably even maybe even Club America. Mm. I just they're just there's just a just a big drop off in quality right now. I think that maybe on on in terms of money and in terms of resources, Club mm-hmm. America have more than Toronto. But you know, Toronto have just played two perfect seasons in MLS. Yeah. And they have come out publicly saying, we now want to win the CONCACAF Champions League. It's a big statement. And when you look the who's behind them with Maple Leaf Sports, I, I think they will pour the resources in to make it happen. So, you know, um, I can only see Tigres um, really having that same kind of attitude because Tigres will say the same thing. We want to win this, right? Yeah. And um, so that's, this, is, this is just really, I mean, a lot can change in the two months till the competition kicks off, but that's just how I see it right now. Yeah, that's it. We'll have to just see how that one pans out. But guys, I think that more or less does it today. We've obviously not got any uh, antics on the field to talk about, but there's plenty of no, stuff we to got talk Pachu- about. We uh, still have stuff. Pachuca, right? And their uh, World Cup. I was, I was trying to avoid that. Could you not okay. tell? No, no. Well, we'll, we'll <laughs> It, it it went well. They finished third, so um, congrats. <laughs> <laughs> Just dismissing yeah. it right away. <laughs> Pachuca. I mean, how long have Pachuca been poor? For I mean, it, it, this just seems to be going on and on. It, it, it seemed like last year they were concentrating on the Concacaf Champions League, yeah. and then you know they this year. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I joked about it early doors and said where they concentrate on the World Club Cup but I mean they have not looked good domestically at all and you know this sure they finished third but I mean that they, they, they were one of the weaker sides that Liga MX could have had in there so it's it's disappointing that you know at this high level I mean you know obviously some nations uh, around the world uh, take it maybe more seriously than others but you know to have that Liga MX side, you know, being viewed by many other nations for a change, you know, for, for them to be there, it's quite disappointing, isn't it? It would be nice to have maybe Monterey or Tigres there, you know, so that people could stand up and recognize just how entertaining these teams are and how fascinatingly attacking they can be. But Pachuca, I mean, oh, I don't know what, what's what's everyone else's opinion. I think you summed it up perfectly, Bryce. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, we can just hope that uh, next time round we've got uh, somebody else to, uh, to to fly the Mexican flag. I think, but um, yeah, I think I think that more or less does it. I'm I'm sorry I nearly skipped over it, but it's uh, it's not sat well with me. <laughs> but uh, anyway, Manu, what have you got going on uh, this uh, coming week uh, before? Christmas. Um, what, what's going on in the football grand network? Well, I have one last big match tomorrow, and well, I guess by the time the podcast out comes out on Wednesday, uh, Bayern Dortmund, the Klassiker in Germany uh, football grad is on is in the Allianz Arena on scene, and um, all of that you can find at Football Grad Live, and of course you can follow me at Manuel But yeah, that will be the last big push, and then it will be still having tons of stuff coming out over Christmas as well, but it will be not like scheduled around matches anymore for, for I guess till 
Liga MX kicks off and Bundesliga comes back? Yeah, definitely. Well, guys, um, as Manu said, you know, if, if you just want to head over to the likes of Twitter at Football Grad Live, there's still going to be plenty of articles, uh, coming your way, even if, uh, the football in your league just uh, is on pause for now. But, um, Ollie, what, what have you got coming up? Uh, I mean, obviously you cover Mexican football, but it's taking a little bit of a break. Are you able to just uh, enjoy Christmas or, or what have you got coming up? I will actually be able to enjoy Christmas, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll be able to keep up to you with all the uh, friendlies and transfers that will be going on over the next few weeks before the uh, Cruzeiro starts in the first week of January. But no, it's actually, I mean, you can sort of enjoy work a little bit. I can sort of take my time with things. I'm going, I'm going to see Platinum this weekend before Christmas. So no, it's actually it's going to be nice to just sort of relax and have a bit of me time for a bit. Yeah, and why not? And actually have your body clock round. But Blackburn's still doing well, aren't they? Six in a row now. I, mean, I think it's going to be seven in a row next my next pod. <laughs> or you oh, just jinxed it. I know I have, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. that, that's it. It's only a matter of time before Football Grad has its own Blackburn pod at this rate. <laughs> only if they win. Um, yeah, so that's good to hear, Ollie and Sam. Yeah, I hope you enjoy um, a bit of uh, downtime, to be honest, and the Blackburn can keep winning for you. Um, I suppose I will be back uh, whenever we pod next on here or on the uh, Gig Impression podcast um, when we will be uh, recording and releasing pods over Christmas. Uh, we're not entirely sure yet, but let's uh, well, definitely have something up pretty soon for you guys. But um, if you've enjoyed the podcast, um, just head over to iTunes. If you could please give us some uh, nice feedback or maybe a positive rating, we'd really appreciate that. Uh, apart from that, you can follow me on Twitter at Brian 11 and that more or less does it. We'll be back very soon with plenty more news um, and football antics, all things Mexican. Thank you for joining us and goodbye. Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Bye. the holiday season if there wasn't candy, right? Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.